Welcome to the Money Tree Real Estate Investor Podcast, where we learn from real estate professionals across the industry. They will share about how they got into real estate, the big wins they have celebrated, the mistakes they have made along the way, and the advice they have for anyone following in their footsteps. Money really does grow on trees. Hey everybody, it's William Holland here for another episode of the Money Tree Real Estate Investor Podcast. Today I've got Christine Bellish with me. Uh, she's a Jersey gal. Her and her husband used to work in New York City. I know he's still working there, but uh, Christine, tell us a little bit of your story. Sure, yeah. So you mentioned it. I came from a background in the corporate advertising and marketing industry in Manhattan. Um, was working in a fast-paced industry, climbing that corporate ladder, but realizing that that path really was just not for me. Um, was looking for more passive income, and like many other people, thought that real estate was a great path to get there. So left my corporate job in 2018, got involved in some small multifamily properties that were more hands-on DIY burr projects, um, learned a lot of lessons there, <laughs> decided that that was not for me and not very scalable, was introduced to syndication in 2020, uh, invested as an LP in a syndication for the first time then, and then actually transitioned to the GP side of things in 2021. And that's what I've been doing ever since. That's pretty cool. So what were some of those pain points doing the, the Burr method? Oh boy. So people talk about, you know, rental properties as passive investments. And even though rental income is considered passive income, I think a lot of people listening who own properties and manage them themselves can attest to the fact that not everything is that passive. So, um, you know, a lot of the pain points really had to do with inexperience, I would say. So my husband and I were not really handy people. We're not really DIY people. We don't come from a background um, or any experience in construction. So the project that we took on was a total gut renovation of a hundred year old house. That was our first mistake. You know, I would say for people who are trying to get involved in their first project, if there's rehab involved to definitely, you know, try to get involved in something that's more cosmetic versus basically rebuilding an entire house from scratch. Um, so we had a lot of challenges when it came to that. We hired a contractor that we had a lot of issues with. Um, and again, it was, you know, naivete, you know, and not knowing what we didn't know. And the way that the contract was written, we couldn't really get out of. Uh, we should have fired him sooner, but, you know, we were trying to save those, save those coins. Um, and then, and the perspective that we have now is really, you know, if we had let him go sooner, it, it wasn't just about money. It was about our time. So that project ended up taking us nine months to renovate only a 1200 square foot house. <laughs> so it, it took, it took way too long. We went 50 K over budget. Um, and I just would have, if I had to do it over again, I would have partnered with somebody that had more experience than me. I would have been happy to, you know, split the cost, uh, split the stress, speed up the timeline, um, and, and split the profits too. You know, I don't, I, it would have been better to learn from somebody on, on the job, quote unquote, versus learning the hard way. So if I could go back and do it again, I definitely, I definitely would have done that. And I probably wouldn't have gotten us involved in such a, such a heavy lift as our first project. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I want to pull something out of what you just said. So you talked about time, you know, and, and a lot of us, as we analyze opportunities, as we analyze return metrics, like we don't have a good way to value our time necessarily. 
you know, and put a dollar amount to it. And so we forget to account for that, you know, so when you're doing, you know, a renovation yourself, or you own rental properties yourself, like that, you know, I've talked to many guests, and, and that is a proven way to, to grow wealth, you know, you provide a place to live, you know, but but you have to understand that you, you have to spend a lot more time, you know, you have to call when the plumbing goes bad, you know, when there's a leak or, you know, the electricity turns off, like you have to be the person making those phone calls. And, you know, you might have a better return, you know, overall, but your time isn't factored in and you can't scale, like you said, in the same way necessarily. Exactly, exactly. And that that really is the reason why, you know, we have switched gears and and that our real estate investing path has, you know, brought us to commercial real estate is because we just value the economies of scale so much and and the potential for us to hire professionals to do what they're good at, you know, on a lot of smaller multifamily properties, um, in some cases, property management isn't you know, isn't affordable because the percentage is higher when you're talking about, you know, a single family or a duplex or a quad. Like if you own a portfolio, like potentially you can afford that. And in other markets, perhaps you can too. But where I live in New Jersey, the prices are pretty exorbitant. And to find something that can cash flow in general is a challenge. So if you're adding property management fees on top of that, you know, it's it's slim pickings. <laughs> It is. It is. Okay. So, so you, you ran into some roadblocks and then you ended up finding syndication. So what, what appealed to you about syndication and, you know, why have you been able to quit your job because of that as well? Yeah, it really was offering the passive income that we were looking for. You know, I, I definitely understand that if we had invested, you know, in, um, maybe not in as small of like duplexes or single families, or if we grew our portfolio to a size and we could have hired property management, that that would be pretty passive, but we didn't see how to get there without being super hands-on and syndication felt like a cheat code, honestly, to me, because everything that I had read about in uh, real estate investing was really focused on amassing a portfolio of single family or small multifamily properties and then leveling up. So when I heard about syndication, it just seemed like it was a way to level up quicker. Um, and, you know, I was definitely skeptical when I first heard about it because the idea of me being a control freak <laughs> and, and the idea of giving somebody else, you know, 50 or $100,000 of my money and just trusting them to do what they say they're going to do, um, it took me a while to get there. You know, it, it took me nine months of doing research on syndication, understanding how syndications operate, interviewing different sponsors, seeing how different deals are structured to really wrap my head around it and see that, that you know, this is really something that's going, going, uh, going on everywhere, like, you know, and in other industries too. Um, but I think that I had a mindset shift and it was really in reflecting on our, on our Nightmare Burr project that um, I had bet on myself and my husband who had no experience. We were not experts <laughs> in any way. And, you know, we put over $200,000 into that project and we had saved up, you know, a long time for that. And I know that there are plenty of ways to get started in real estate with no or low money down. That wasn't the that wasn't the route that we went. We put 25% down and we funded the renovation out of our pocket. So 
every day during that nine months when I looked at my bank account and there was zero dollars in there, we weren't bringing in any income. It was really stressful. So I, when I realized that there are so many important aspects in your life where you trust professionals to do what they're good at, and this was just another example of that, I really got more on board with it. Meaning, you know, I'm trusting a experienced real estate investor who has a track record of success, who has thousands of investors, who has raised millions, you know, millions and millions of dollars for over a decade. Um, with my money, I just felt like it's silly that I would trust myself with, you know, 250,000 on the line, then I wouldn't consider trusting somebody who's an expert with 50. So it was, it was really just like a light bulb went off. And, um, and then once we actually started investing passively and we understood a little bit more how, how the general partnership team and how the syndicators businesses worked, we just felt like our skill set from corporate translated into syndication a lot better than us doing like the hands-on, you know, DIY managing construction projects. Yeah, I love that, you know, and, and that's something I was thinking about as you as you were talking. We do trust our lives in a lot of ways to to experts. You know, we go to doctors and they have a degree that says they can perform a certain way. I've had a couple different surgeries and thankfully, you know, I'm able to play sports again the way that I want to. Um, but we we go to you know, our dentist, we go to our CPAs for tax advice, exactly. you know, and, and we go to financial advisors and, uh-huh. you know, I think we can also trust certain people to be real estate investors. I agree with that. Yeah. You don't, and you hit the nail on the head with those examples. Cause those are the examples that I use all the time. I'm like, I'm not an electrician. Like you wouldn't trust me to do your electrical work. Like I'm not a dentist. Like I, don't trust me to do your dental work, but we do put things that are super important in other people's hands that are professionals. And yes, there is a level of due diligence that needs to be done. I, and I say this to my LPs all the time. It's like your biggest job is to do due diligence on your sponsor, you know, and, and me being, you know, a GP myself, I, there are a million people out there that do what I do and I might not be the right fit for everybody. And that's okay. Like I want people to work with me who feel comfortable with me, who trust me, who get along with me. Like, and, and that might not be everybody and that's okay. But I can also introduce you to some other people that might be more up your alley. Exactly. Passive investors in real estate are able to receive a check every month. Some people call that mailbox money. We say money really does grow on trees. Visit the website at biggerpictureholdings.com where we have a ton of free resources to help you learn more about planting your very own money tree. Yeah, so and you, you talked about it. So you made that transition from a limited partner gaining only passive income to become a general partner. And you were able to do that because you add value. You had expertise in marketing. You understood the importance of building relationships and ongoing communication with investors. And so kind of what is your role at this point? Yeah, so I would, you know, I definitely wear a lot more hats than than when I first started as a GP. Um, but I would say that my superpower really is investor relations and networking and capital raising because of my sales and marketing backgrounds. Um, you know, I'm used to putting myself out there more. I I know not just strategically how to have conversations with people, but getting to know people, hearing people, asking them questions. I also think um, 
in in my sales experience and and also just in general in my life experience um i have a background in education also um and i was the captain of my softball team i I really genuinely value um, sharing information with other people and helping to educate other people. And that's a big part of my job now too. A lot of people that invest passively with me are people who've never heard about syndication before. And, you know, still being a pretty new syndicator myself, I can relate to them because I just recently went through that experience of investing as an LP for the first time. So, you know, when they talk to me about their fears and their questions and whatever, um, you know, I'm, I give them the time that they need. And I understand that it's, you know, I don't want to call it a game, but it's a long game. It's it's building a relationship with somebody. And just because, you know, this might not be the right time for somebody to invest now doesn't mean that in the future it might not be. Um, and, and maybe it never will be, but I'm just grateful that I can be a part of their you know, financial literacy journey to even help explain that this is an option out there. I just want people to know that there are other options because I literally did not know that this was an option until 2020. So, mm-hmm. so like, if you don't want to be a landlord, you know, and you don't have, you know, maybe the time, maybe you love your job or maybe you're crushing it at your job and you want to continue to work full time, but you know, investing in real estate is a smart thing to do. This is an option for you. You don't have to be a landlord and work your nights and weekends, like taking, you know, tenant calls or like, you know, doing a DIY kitchen project or something like that. You don't, you don't have to do that. So right. I just, get joy and like happiness out of helping to educate people and open their minds to, you know, another path. Right. And that's, that's one thing I enjoy doing about this podcast is I talk to a lot of different people doing a lot of different things in real estate, you know, and that's, that's really just my, my purpose for this is educating people, you know, whether you want to be a limited partner, whether you want to be an active partner, whether you do want to own rent properties or you, don't want to own rent properties you know it's like i i think that everybody should have some exposure in their portfolio to real estate in some form or fashion totally totally 100 percent. yeah so that's you know that's my superpower it's helping to educate people being there to answer their questions proactively communicating with people being super responsive um and you know holding their hands for as as much or as little as they need and I would say that's my superpower. I do other things. I am involved in the acquisition side of stuff, underwriting, negotiating with brokers, et cetera. But, you know, I wear those hats because my business is still a startup now, right? Like I think eventually I'm going to be more just focused on the on the investor side of things. That's awesome. Yeah. And, and one thing that I, I don't think I've talked about too often on, on uh, any episodes and I haven't heard a lot of people talk about. So I've had people that I know very well that, you know, we have relationships with, they're very interested and motivated to learn more about investing in real estate. And then they go talk to their financial advisor and I never hear from them again on that topic, (laughs) you know, and and I just want to, I want to clarify why that, why that is, you know, so if you, if you understand like how a financial advisor is compensated, they are compensated based off of how much money of yours that they have and how well it's performing. And so if you, and, and I, I have heard stories of, of honest, and I'm not calling financial advisors not honest, but I have heard stories of financial advisors saying, hey, like, I think investing in real estate's a good thing, you know? Yeah. Um, oh, man. I relate to what you just said so much. I, you know, my husband and I, we offer to get on the phone with financial advisors with people if people say that, you know, that, that they want to talk to their financial advisor. I also warn people that 
their financial advisor is probably going to talk them out of it. And again, like you, I'm not here to speak ill of financial advisors. I think that they do, I think a lot of them do an amazing job for a lot of people. And I absolutely think that they should be managing a portion of people's money for sure. But um, I think that they also are a little bit, besides the fact that they don't get compensated on the money that somebody would be taking from them to invest in, in real estate, besides that motivation for them wanting people to keep their money with them, um, I think that a lot of them don't understand the real estate investing opportunities as well. And so as, as a fiduciary to their clients, they don't feel comfortable advising them to do that because they're not well versed on it. But what I also want to make clear is that me and other people like me, um, if, you're, if your paperwork is written correctly and if you are actually also a good person, we, we have a fiduciary responsibility to our investors also. So I can get in trouble if I don't do the right thing by you or I commit fraud or I lie about something. So um, the same way that people put their trust in their financial advisor because they're a fiduciary, well, people that run syndications are fiduciaries too. Yeah, and I think the last thing that I was going to touch on as well, speaking of the financial advisors, so a lot of times they're legally not allowed to uh, send you somewhere else. You know, they have relation, they have like legal obligations to their brokers, and it's called selling away, and so they they legally cannot sell away, and and so they can't send you to an outside uh, entity to invest. So those are just things to keep in mind as you explore the opportunities of investing in real estate. These are all great points. And I, and I appreciate you talking about it here because I, I feel like it's not, it's not talked about enough. Mm -hmm. Yes, ma'am. Well, I, I want to finish the episode with the, the, the two things that we always talk about at the end. What's a lesson learned that you have or something that you would like to just impart as wisdom uh, for, for investors to be cautious about? A lesson learned, I would say, is that um, I would recommend that people partner with experts to scale. I, I just don't think you don't have to learn everything the hard way. And I know that I was kind of raised this way, <laughs> like, um, you know, you want to get your hands dirty and roll up your sleeves. And, and I'm not saying that that there isn't value in that, but there's value in emulating and learning from people who have been there before you. And the more that you can do that, the better, the better that it is, whether you do it the way that I did, which was adding value, you know, and then eventually working with my mentor or whether it's paying for a mentor, you know, or some way to, um, to partner with somebody who knows more than you, who has more experience than you. I think that that'll save you a lot of headaches in the long run. Yeah, I think that's awesome advice. Uh, what's your proudest accomplishment so far? My proudest accomplishment is as it relates to my family, for sure. Um, I was not raised in a household where my parents had money to invest, and I wasn't really educated about investing. And it wasn't because, you know, my parents didn't want the best for me, but I just think it was a different time. I think that there's a stigma around money conversations and people feel very uncomfortable talking about money. So 
I'm proud of myself for bringing those conversations to my family and, you know, having the uncomfortable conversations and getting to a place where people feel more comfortable about it. And in doing that, I'm helping to educate them about more opportunities that are out there, not just about real estate investing, right? Just like how financial literacy in general and how money works and how debt works and, you know, how credit works, like all of these all of these conversations and um i really feel like it's helped to empower people to take charge of growing their wealth and growing their future rather than just keeping their money in a bank account so seeing my family being like having these conversations and growing and evolving along with me has really been a gift that's awesome well thank you so much christine for joining today it's been a pleasure and i've enjoyed getting to know you better thank you so much for having me Like and subscribe below. A new episode will air every Tuesday at 7 a.m. Are you looking for more content? Visit our website, biggerpictureholdings.com. And remember, money really does grow on trees.